Welcome to Dr. Discussions. Hello, my name is Dr. Lily Giosa, a specialist in post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'm Dr. Nicole Sylvain, an expert in acute stress disorder. Some things you should know about post-traumatic stress disorder before we begin is it is developed when a person experiences or witnesses a traumatic event like war, a threat attack, a physical attack, a sexual assault, or any accidents that could happen. Even if it happens to someone close to you, someone might develop PTSD. After these events, the person who experienced them will face flashbacks of the events, become more jumpy, or avoid any environment that may be related to the traumatic event. Acute stress disorder is a psychiatric diagnosis that can occur after hearing, witnessing, or being exposed to a traumatic event. It tends to last three days to one month after exposure to said traumatic event and can often cause heightened sensitivity to certain potential threats, along with feelings of guilt about personal actions within the traumatic event. And it is now time for a commercial break. Hello, I am your friendly neighborhood doctor here to talk to you about the state of art therapy and medication. Are you part of the 14 to 33% of people exposed to a traumatic event? If so, you may have acute stress disorder, a prelude to PTSD, but don't worry, there is a solution. Short-term pharmacologic intervention can help relieve some symptoms such as pain, insomnia, and depression. So call me today for more information at 1-800-YOUR-NEIGHBORHOOD-DOC! Exclamation point. What's up? My name's Maria, and I'm part of the 7% of the population diagnosed with PTSD, and I'm here to give you some advice. Now, chances are you're a woman because you're two times more likely to develop PTSD. I've been through many treatments, but my favorite is SSRI, Selective Serotonin Uptake Inhibitors, which are used to relieve my anxiety. If you want some of these SSRIs, call your local neighborhood doc at 1-800-YOUR-NEIGHBORHOOD-DOC. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Jumping right into acute stress disorder, it's important to first acknowledge the symptoms surrounding the disorder. Symptoms often include a sense of numbing detachment or emotional absence, reduction of awareness about surroundings, derealization of the event along with depersonalization. In contrast to acute stress disorder, the symptoms of PTSD are a lot more severe. These symptoms include involuntary, intrusive, or distressive thoughts or memories from the event, That can include flashbacks or vivid dreams of the event or something related to the event. Another symptom is people who experience a traumatic experience will tend to avoid the stimuli that will trigger a involuntary intrusive or distressive thought. These include thoughts, memories, or feelings, or external reminders like people, places, objects, or situations that remind them of the event. Another symptom is they tend to have a persistent negative emotional state and they feel detached from others. They also make negative perceptions of themselves, others, and the world, and try to blame themselves, others, and the whole world as a whole for what had happened to them. They are very irritable, and they have random outbursts and jumpiness to certain stimuli that may seem overdramatic to some. And finally, sometimes a person will experience dissociative amnesia and forget an important aspect of the event as a coping mechanism. And it is now time for a commercial break. Hello, 
is Kathy. I am a victim of Hurricane Katrina, which took place in 2005. My iguana got lost in the flooding, which then led to my development of acute stress disorder. Did you know 66% of Hurricane Katrina victims have developed acute stress disorder? I decided that it would be good for me to seek out treatment, and what I found worked best was psychological first aid, where they ensured personal safety, giving info about events, stress reactions, how to cope, practical assistance, and they connected me with social support. Thank you. Hello, it's trivia time. Today I'm my friend Bob with me. The first question is, how many people out of 11 have PTSD? Three. Eh, wrong. One out of 11 Americans have PTSD. If you are that one out of 11, I would recommend a trauma-forced psychotherapy or treatment that focuses on the memory of the event or meaning through the use of different techniques like visualizing, talking, or thinking about it to help process the experience. Some others try to focus on changing the bad beliefs about the trauma. Usually lasts about 8 to 16 sessions. The most common types are prolonged exposure, cognitive processing therapy, and eye movement reprocessing. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to jump right into a discussion about the risk factors, and a lot of them are very similar across both disorders, PTSD and acute stress disorder. One of the major risk factors for both of them is if you were exposed to a traumatic event. You also, it also is very common if you have a history of childhood abuse or any sort of abuse. Yeah, this is also the same for PTSD. Um, Someone who experienced a traumatic event is more likely to have an extreme case of it if they do also have that history of childhood problems or a family history of mental disorders. Some other factors are People in a low economic status or someone with low intelligence also is more at risk for developing severe or just a case of PTSD along with acute stress disorder. Yeah. um, One thing that's common among both of them is that females are more prone to developing either acute stress disorder or PTSD when compared to males. And it is now time for a commercial break. My name's Jill, and I'm part of the 20 to 50% of people who developed acute stress disorder after a personal assault. And I'm here to talk to you about this wonderful treatment for acute stress disorder called Critical Accident Stress Debriefing, where I go to share my emotions about the events and hear tips on how to cope. What I find helpful is that my therapist helps me to normalize my reaction to the trauma, so it reassures me I'm not being dramatic. Some people say this is overwhelming, but I disagree. I find it super helpful. So if you want to try this therapy, hit up your local therapist. Hello, my name is Paul. I was a soldier in Iraq during the stressful war against the terrorists. As a result, I have been diagnosed with a severe case of PTSD, which made me a part of the 7% of U.S. adults. I didn't think I was ever going to get better. My doctor referred me to an eye movement reprocessing specialist, which allowed me to process my trauma and help me come up with effective ways to do so. This therapy involves calling the trauma to mind while paying attention to the back and forth movements of an object, light, or sound. This therapy has been extremely effective and has allowed me to get back in contact with my family after some disastrous events that occurred when I got home. So please, if you are someone like me or if you have experienced any traumatic events, please contact your doctors and ask them if eye movement reprocessing is the right solution for you. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the podcast. We are now moving on to how do you get diagnosed with these two disorders? 
you have to get diagnosed with acute stress disorder before you get diagnosed with PTSD. And to get diagnosed with acute stress disorder, you must be exposed to a traumatic event and have feelings of helplessness or horror while you are currently experiencing it. You have to have, during or after the event, you have to have three of the following symptoms. A sense of numbing detachment or emotional absence, a reduction of awareness around your surroundings, derealization or depersonalization. Those may sound familiar because they are also symptoms of acute stress disorder. So you you can get diagnosed after three after three days, and then you can progress to PTSD after one month. That's right. Um, you do have to experience symptoms for at least one month after a traumatic event to be then diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. You must experience at least three of the symptoms that have been stated previously for either acute stress disorder or PTSD. And all of these symptoms for both disorders can be in no way related to drug use. So if you're using drugs and you're feeling any of these symptoms, then chances are it is not PTSD or acute stress disorder, it would be drug abuse. And it is now time for a commercial break. Hello, party people. I'm Alicia, and I'm here to promote cognitive behavior therapy. After a party incident back in the year 2000, in my college days, the floor collapsed at this complete rager I went to. But back on track, this led to my development of acute stress disorder. I found cognitive behavior therapy helpful in reducing my symptoms and decreasing future incidents. So sadly, that meant less partying for me. Now back to the show. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. We're going to jump right in. We have a news reporter here with us, Kathy Kelly from CNN 10 News, and she's going to give you a real-life case study about someone who had PTSD. Hello, my name is Kathy Kelly, a news reporter for CNN 10 News. A female survivor, 15 years old, of the Parkland shooting has been admitted to the University Hospital Medical Center in Tamarack, Florida, three times in the past three months prior to the incident. She was brought in for suicide, ideation, and self-harm. As a part of her admission, she had stated that she has experienced excessive worry and anxiety along with intrusive thoughts relating to the shooting that had happened nine months prior. She has also been having nightmares about the shooter entering a building and killing multiple people. She also reported avoiding places like schools and her father's work along with other public places because they caused her to have flashbacks. These symptoms have caused her to have suicidal tendencies and self-harm ideals to want to reduce the symptoms. All of these symptoms after a traumatic event allows doctors to diagnose this 15-year-old survivor with PTSD. After diagnosis, 15-year-old survivor has gone to individual therapy that has allowed her to come up with coping skills while also informing her parents on things they can do in order to help her with her diagnosis and treatment. Her parents have stated that they are completely against medication for children and would not allow their daughter to take part in the pharmacological treatments. This case has allowed for three major takeaways for clinical-based discussions. One is media exposure has affected this 15-year-old into developer PTSD like things on the news and social media. Two is the avoidance behavior of people struggling to try to avoid their painful symptoms of their experience. And three, the delay of the disease remission, which says that symptoms may take a little while to kick in after the event has happened. But no, no matter what you're feeling, when you're feeling it, always go for help. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us today, Kathy Kelly. Of course. We, we appreciated having you. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining Dr. Discussions.